divorce. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. And I remember saying to my mom, like, mom, like, I have a brain tumor. Like, something's <laughs> wrong with me. I'm getting headaches. I can't, like, I can't see. My vision's gone. Like, all that. and welcome to the problems we face podcast my name is bd and today i'm joined by hi everyone i'm riley (laughs) okay so this is this is riley like she just said riley and i have never met before just like jen and i but we connected through my podcast account so before we get into like your story why don't you say like a little bit about yourself hi everyone i'm riley again (laughs) um i go to maryville and i i play basketball and i play lacrosse and yeah okay so That's like what you like to do, but I know you've had like kind of an extensive medical journey. (laughs) So why don't you start from the beginning, I guess, and like talk about how that all started. Um, I guess so the first thing that I was diagnosed with was freshman year. I was diagnosed with called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, (laughs) It's a really long name. So I basically would just always have this like feeling in my throat that I that there was like pressure. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing freshman year. And I just got medicine for that. It's helped ever since. I just take that every morning. And then I've been fine since then until about last summer during lacrosse. I would, I was like fine during the spring and then obviously COVID. Mm-hmm. So I only played a few games. And then the summer I like would play a game and just not be able to run. Like I would just get dizzy. I would, my eyes would get blurry. I like would just have to come out. And so at first I was like, okay, maybe I just, I'm not eating right. Maybe I just need to drink more Gatorade or something. But then it was like persistent for like the whole summer. And by, mm-hmm. by, so like the last tournament, we played four tournaments. The last tournament, I just, I played like half of a game and I was like, I can't, like, I can't do it. It was yeah. just so hard. Like I would have fainted or something. And so my mom was like so concerned. So like I went to the doctors, a bunch of doctor's appointments, like all the cardio stuff and everything, just like seeing, like Xing out, whatever, mm-hmm. seeing it, what it's not. Right. And no one can really figure out like what's causing me to be dizzy, but like everyone's like like I have a bit of anxiety so I've take meds for that and everything. So mm-hmm. they were like, okay, it's probably just performance anxiety. You just, you just need to like have techniques to like fix that and I was like I don't think it's that because I've been playing lacrosse my whole life and I've never I've never felt sick playing it before so around the end of August early September we started like all the doctor's appointments like I got checked out um my blood like all all that kind of stuff I don't Mm -hmm. even know what they're all called and then in the beginning of November middle of November I was diagnosed with POTS which is a disease that makes you dizzy when you stand up um, yeah, I don't know all the like yeah, ins either. and outs, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that made sense just because like when they tested me, my levels would go up and whatever. So it made sense because it answered the dizziness, but then the treatment for that isn't like medicine or anything. It's just salt and um, like water, basically. Interesting. So I would have to drink like five water bottles a day or like more than that. And usually I just drink like one or two. Mm-hmm. And I would have to take salt pills, which were so nasty because it was like this big and it was just straight salt. And like, Ew. it was so, oh my God. And I, I'm doing that and no one can see. But, it's um, like the size of a quarter. Oh my, it was so big yeah. and I like couldn't ever swallow it. And then it would like dissolve in my mouth and just be salt. Oh my God, it was so nasty. <laughs> and then I would like drink the Gatorade before the cross and it still wouldn't help. Like I would still get dizzy. So I was like, this, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then basically before that, it was all just exercise induced. But then after lacrosse, like, end of November, I 
started just getting headaches all the time, like really, really debilitating headaches that I just would lay in my room in the dark. And like, I'd never had like migraines or anything before. Mm -hmm. So it was so weird. And I remember saying to my mom, like, mom, like I have brain tumor, like something's (laughs) wrong with me. I'm getting headaches. I can't, like, I can't see my vision's gone, like all that. Yeah. And she's like, Riley, like, you're just saying that. Like, you don't actually, (laughs) Um, you're just thinking of the worst. And then, so I went to the ER, I went to GBMC and they were like, it's just anxiety. Like we can't, we'll do an eye test because at that point I had lost my vision too. So I couldn't, I couldn't even read my phone. Like I would have Mackie read my text for me. (laughs) Oh my God. It was awful. So then they're like, we'll do an eye test, but like, there's not much else we can do. Just you have a headache and you can't see, like, it's your eyes. (laughs) And my eyes were fine. Like I passed the test and then I did. So I ultimately had four eye exams. Um, Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was frustrating. So it's like, it's obviously not my eyes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had one at GBMC and then one at Hopkins the next time we went to the ER. And um, basically they did the same thing at Hopkins. And my mom was like, can you order an MRI? And they're like, no, we like, we can't. (laughs) Like, um, so then they referred me to a doctor. It was a neuro a neuro ophthalmologist and he was like he did another eye exam and then he's like okay it's not your eyes i'm gonna order you an mri so then they ordered the mri and then and that was when that was december december 1st of 2020 2020 yeah okay so i went to hopkins er i guess it was november 30th or whatever Mm -hmm. and then doc went back to the um neuro ophthalmologist that night and then the ER was actually the next day luckily and I it was at like six o'clock at night so it takes an hour to come home like go to bed mm-hmm. and then the next morning my it was like a like a Wednesday or whatever just like a regular school day my my it was weird because I remember my dad was home and he like usually leaves at like six o'clock in the morning for work and I was like okay like why is my dad home yeah. that's so weird so my mom and dad were both home when I came downstairs to like eat breakfast and they're like Riley like we have to talk to you <sighs> and I was like god like what happened like the doctor called at like 11 last night so like they weren't gonna wake me up like right when i went to bed Mm -hmm. and they're like you have a small tumor on your pituitary gland Mm -hmm. and i was like i remember thinking like oh my god what does that mean like i just had so many questions yeah and it just like it was so new so my parents didn't have all the answers and i was like freaking out so i I didn't go to school that day and i didn't go the next day just because i was like taking everything in Mm -hmm. yeah so (laughs) (laughs) that was my long story yeah so it took uh, how long? Like a couple months from like when you started feeling. Really yeah, bad. so I guess it started in lacrosse in June, and mm-hmm. then the ultimate diagnosis was December first. So yeah, that's so crazy to me. Like I had such a similar experience. Like everyone told me that it was Lyme's disease. Mm-hmm. Like I got bit by a yeah. Um, what are those? A tick. A tick. Yeah, <laughs> and like part of my like measures would go up when they Mm -hmm. tested me but it wasn't actually what it took and it took like five months for me to get diagnosed too and I don't know I feel like a lot of people are like medical professionals downplay <laughs> yeah. like symptoms and don't believe like yeah but i'm like patient. me over here like think like saying the worst right away <laughs> yeah and you called it <laughs> i know i was like mom like, i literally called it <laughs> yeah i think it's so and like why would they be- i understand like why would they believe like the 15 or like 16 yeah. year old over the me- medical professional but like yeah they're right <laughs> i know it's crazy so i guess you kind of touched on this with like that morning but like how did you feel when you received the news had you ever had something that like happened big before like that like medically or was um this- not to me my brother it has a pretty like long medical history so mm-hmm. when he was five he had cancer so i've been 
around like yeah. the tumor like my mom likes to joke like two out of three of my kids have had tumors like what did I do <laughs> I'm like but so I've been around that and just my parents are both good at like asking the right questions and mm-hmm. using the right terminology and everything just because they're used to being with Brendan mm-hmm. um so they were good at it and I definitely when I um when they told me I definitely like I started crying just got really scared like what like what does this mean but they answered all my questions and I was I was reassured after like it's not cancerous it's either surgery or medicine and we don't know yet so like at that point I was like okay maybe I don't have to take surgery Mm because actually 90% of the tumors you don't need surgery (laughs) I was like oh like that's yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so after that did you like how was your process because you did have surgery I did January 6th yeah yeah. so that like month what Mm. was that that was a lot of me just like laying in bed just (laughs) luckily my headaches started to like slowly like go away Mm -hmm. and I think that that's like a pretty normal thing like the pre like this pressure like kind of isn't on wherever you what causes headaches I don't know like moved yeah so my vision was still gone just because it was pressing on the optic nerve so I just basically like missed a bunch of school that month Mm -hmm. Uh, luckily Christmas break oh was there so I only missed like two three weeks yeah just basically me like lying in bed in the dark Mm -hmm. (laughs) so was your school like I guess forgiving in the way that they like held assignments off or like yeah things like that I was like really grateful for how they responded all Mm -hmm. all my teachers were super great like I got exempted from stuff after my surgery I was like so my one Spanish project it was like everyone did bad so she pushed the d-deck back and I was Mm -hmm. like I can do it like and she's like no you don't have to I was like okay so basically (laughs) I did some of it just because that's like who I am just like I want to do my work but yeah, they were really great, and they still are. They still check on me a lot yeah. and everything. That's awesome. I know that, mm-hmm. like, not everyone has that experience yeah. with the schools. And then did you tell, like, your best friends and, like, people like that throughout this process? Like, would you say that they knew, or were you, like, kind of, like, dealing with it by yourself yeah. like, with your family? I guess my closest friends knew, that, like, I couldn't see. I was getting headaches and everything. So I texted them the – I think it was the day after my parents told me about the tumor, just, like, digested everything and then texted them. And they're all super supportive, like, really great. And then even after surgery, like, everyone was so, – like, I couldn't have asked for it to be any better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, like, my family and everything. Everyone was great. So, yeah. But I told my closest friends, so not, not like, everyone at school knew or anything. Right. So then most people – I guess we can – we'll go in order. We'll go. <laughs> all over the place. Okay. So how did you – like, how did you decide that you were going to need surgery versus, like, the pills? Yeah. So there's two types of pituitary tumors so Mm -hmm. it can be non-secreting or secreting meaning that so the pituitary gland is in charge of a bunch of hormones Mm -hmm. um and the main one is called prolactin and so prolactin wasn't secreting into my blood um meaning so I had a non-secreting pituitary tumor and unfortunately that's the type of tumor that the medicine doesn't treat so basically if you have a secreting one um the medicine just kind of shrinks the tumor because and then because it's still your hormones are still going into your blood Mm -hmm. it's just the tumor's there so it just shrinks it but mine wasn't like functioning as normal yeah so that prolactin wasn't um, secreting in my blood so that's how they knew I'd have surgery because they tested my prolactin levels and they were I think normal is like 1 to 25 and then really high is like 100 plus but mine was kind of in that gray area where it was like 80 mm-hmm. so they didn't they were like okay like maybe the meds will work so then they diluted the prolactin or whatever just to make it like accurate and it was yeah. like lower than before so like okay it's not secreting like there's none there's none in your blood mm-hmm. so that's when you know you have to have surgery and then of course I wait like a month until surgery so it was it was, it was stressful yeah I bet yeah. so did you brother is younger yeah he is 15 now 
Okay, so we're, would you say, like, are you guys close? Yeah, slash, he's, did like, you my get... best friend. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so cute. Um, That's nice to have, like, another mm-hmm. built-in best friend. Mm-hmm. So would you say you guys got closer with your, like, medical things, or were you always, like... Yeah, I mean, we've always been close, but I definitely think this helped because he, like, I would be going for, like, an MRI or, like, a CT scan, like, before I'd ever have one just because it's all new to me. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, like, it's easy, this one's hard, like, all that kind of stuff. So right. it helped me just because he was the one that, like, got to tell me what, you know, what yeah. was going on, and I think that's cool for him. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely brought us closer. Like, roles reversed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you, like, prepare for surgery? Like, did your life change in any way, or, like, were you nervous? Because, like, so for my surgery, I had to go off, Um, like, you're on your thyroid medicine. Yeah. I had to go off all of my medications for my surgery. Just because yeah. they're, like, immunosuppressants, mm-hmm. but was that, like, that for you? Yeah, I had to stop pain meds, I think, like, a day or two before. So that was annoying just because I had a headache. But yeah. other than that, I was it was the same. I just was super nervous because mm-hmm. my surgery was eight hours, and I knew that it was going to be longer because originally they said that they were going to have to, like, move the bridge in my nose because they had to go through my right nostril mm-hmm. but it like wasn't big enough or something and so they're gonna have to break it mm-hmm. but so they were like that will add another hour or whatever so but then luckily they didn't have to do that but it was still long I don't really know why <laughs> so that's, yeah. I mean it's nice that you don't have any they didn't have to like create any scars or anything yeah. but that's also scary it was definitely like less pain afterwards than it would have been oh so yeah, that yeah. was that was good but so your surgery was on January 6th yeah January 6th and you went through that and you finished at night. Yeah, so it was at like I had to get to the hospital at six, I think it was, mm-hmm. and then surgery started at nine, and then it finished at like I guess like five, and then I was in the hospital for two nights after that in the um, ICU. And how was your recovery? Like, was it okay or? Um, it was. I in like normal like situations, I guess it would have been like really good. But for me, I was like, I've never done this before. It's, it was sucked. It was awful. Yeah. Just having like all the needles in you and everything like all the time. Just it was annoying for me, but like manageable. Right. Give a fear of needles. Like no, I just I didn't like. I'm fine with like IVs and everything, mm-hmm. but like having like. I had, like, an art line, so it's, like, a thing in, like, I don't know, it's just, like, right here. I still have a scar. Oh, my god. Um, so it, it just, like, poked me all the time, because they took the other, like, the IVs are, like, in your hands, and I was like, that's fine, but this was right here, so I couldn't bend my wrist, so I just had to lay, and it was so annoying, but, like, oh, other than that. But it went, like, it was as expected, your recovery was as expected. Yeah, everything was, like, perfect. They test for, like, stuff afterwards, because you, because the pituitary gland is, like, so important with hormones and everything, so they test all those, and all mine were fine. Like, I didn't have to go on any of the, um, there's, like, some meds that they might put you on after, like, once you're home, but I didn't have to go on any of them, because all my levels were good. So that was good, yeah. That's good, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so did you feel, like, an immediate, like, relief and, like, pressure or, like, anything like that? Yeah, it was so weird. I remember after I kind of, like, the anesthesia wore off a little bit and I was, like, kind of in it back in, like, the world, um, <laughs> I could read the clock that was, like, on the wall. And before that, I couldn't even read my phone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so weird. <laughs> so it was it was really big. That's definitely something that, like, I feel like everyone takes for granted. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And then I saw in, like, your Riley posted, like, about this surgery, yeah. which is, I feel like is, like, kind of, at least for me, it's, like, kind of hard to do, like, be that vulnerable mm. on, like, Instagram. But you have, like, God and, like, Christianity, yeah. right? And yeah. That's, like, a big part of you. How did that help you, like, going through this time? Yeah, I think that that was – that's a huge part of who I am. So that was really helpful for me. I am a huge, like – journal girl so I like have a prayer journal and just writing always helped me even though like when I look back at it and my handwriting is so bad because I couldn't see what I was (laughs) doing but I would always do it and I always pray and I think like personally just God is 
someone that I can always turn to. So I it definitely um helped me. Even it was definitely still hard. Mm-hmm. And like posting that post took so much. Like I rewrote that like twelve times. Like I like I don't want to say this. Like just yeah. just so like scared like what people would react. Yeah. But I got it was a like overwhelming positive. Like mm-hmm. so that that was good. But yeah, definitely religion definitely helped me through it. Like, yeah. I think that like I feel like a lot of the negative outshines the positive mm-hmm. on social media. And then I think that it's like I also don't like being portrayed as, like, weak. Yeah. And so, like, posting things about that just makes me feel weak, even mm-hmm. though it shouldn't. Like, I feel like people yeah. are always like, you're so strong, like, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. But, no, I agree. I feel like the nice things that people say are so, yeah. like, overwhelming when you get yeah. those. And it was, like, people that I, like, know but, like, don't really know. And I was mm-hmm. like, that is, like, so nice. Everyone's so nice. Yeah. So, would you say that your life was, like, able so you mentioned that you before we started the sports you play like yeah. soccer and I played I played soccer in middle school but I played in high school I played basketball and lacrosse. Okay, and then are you able to like continue that now or like I guess talk about like post recovery yeah. like how does your life change? Um, I'll be. I'll be able to. I haven't been cleared yet just because there's, like, packing in my nose to, like, um, ever since surgery. It, like, stopped, like, brain fluid from, like, leaking out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's still on there. I do, like, nose drops and, like, nose rinses to, like, it, like, slowly, like, kind of washes itself away. Mm-hmm. So once that's out, I'll be good. And I have that appointment, my third follow-up with the ENT on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, So hopefully he'll say I'm good to go. But that causes the packing causes a lot of restrictions like i can't keep put my head can't go past my heart so like i, I have to sleep propped up and i can't like you know when you get out of the shower you like put your towel on your head like i can't do that can't put my hand in a ponytail any of that stuff mm-hmm. so just like basic stuff like that i'm like this is so hard like yeah yeah um but yeah so after that i'll be good i definitely lost a lot of like um, muscle and that so i'm definitely weak but mm-hmm. i also have to gain like work out more <laughs> but yeah. yeah I'll be good I would say in like a month I'll be back that's so nice that mm. you're able to like go back fully yeah. to like the life you had mm. yeah I think that was one of the hardest things about recovery for me that I hadn't anticipated is like sleeping yeah because my incisions were on the front of my hips so I couldn't like lay on my side mm. I literally like slept yeah. like a corpse <laughs> and I never sleep on my back yeah like, no, me too and the so hospital weird. I was like literally like things in my arms like I, I can't sleep yeah and I think like you, I don't mind needles anymore, but something about IVs just like poking yeah. you. And it's like, oh, it's just in there for like hours. Yeah. That just grosses me And out. they like put so much um, fluids because I like mm. needed the hydration. Yeah. And then when they went to go take my blood, they like couldn't get any veins because I was like yeah. so hydrated uh-huh. with all my... It was, <laughs> they stuck me like eight times. Yeah, I, I oh like, my God, I hate when that happens. I was like, is this necessary? <laughs> do we need to yeah. do this? They're like, and then they, once they poke it once and they like move around trying to get it, I'm like, just just take it out. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd also like had med- medical stuff for like three years pre-operation, but I never stayed over in the hospital. Yeah, no, this was my first time too. And it was like, I didn't like it. <laughs> like it was a very strange experience. Uh-huh. It's especially weird with COVID because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm obviously a minor 17 so my mom was allowed to stay in the room like if I was 18 I would have been in there by myself yeah and that's so scary to me like first time in the overnight in the hospital like I've never I've never had a surgery before that yeah so. I'm like very grateful that I was a minor when I yeah. got mine and like my dad came with us my I got my surgery at Penn mm. hospital and he like drove us there and like couldn't come in yeah and like I was like, (laughs) and then none of my friends could like come see me. Not that I was there for necessarily a long time, but like, I don't know. I just feel like the community that like you're supposed Mm -hmm. to have with like surgeries was not. How long are you 
thereafter. I was supposed to be there. So pre-COVID, I scheduled my surgery and I was supposed to be there for like five days, I think. Mm -hmm. Just because of like the stitches yeah. and like learning to that walk again everything but then because of covid they were like you can only stay one night oh my god and then i like something went wrong with my they put an epidural in my back like for pregnant like oh my god you're pregnant yeah and that was like a horrible experience yeah no i had i woke up the first night and i literally had a catheter and it's like the thing that mm -hmm. pee, and i was like this is the weirdest <laughs> thing like take this out of me no i was so i had it's like, and I think in the hospital, what was so hard for me is that you are completely out of control. Yeah. Like IVs, mm -hmm. a catheter, which don't recommend, like a horrible <laughs> experience. <laughs> and like my epidural, which yeah. it, the reason why I stayed is because epidurals are like, they make your legs numb. Mm -hmm. And so it's gravity based. And when I, I couldn't feel my legs. So I oh, laid yeah. on my side to sleep the first night yeah. and it pulled. In my oh my gosh. But and my whole right leg went numb. Yeah. And I freaked out because I couldn't feel my yeah. leg. And then I was like, take it out. Take all the other things out. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. And then they didn't, I didn't have any like meds in me. So I was like dead the next yeah. morning. But I don't know. I think it's also like, for me, I wasn't, my surgery was like not, I don't think it was as intense as yours and so i wasn't necessarily like i think i was nervous to an extent but because and you probably felt this way like the relief that yeah. came from the You're surgery just so, i was so excited for it to be over yeah like mm. not excited for it to happen yeah. but like the afterwards but did you have to go to it like a pre-operating room with a lot of other people or was that so I, after my diagnosis in the beginning of December, and mm -hmm. then they said, like, your surgery won't be till January 6th. I was like, that's so far away. Like, I, I'm not waiting till January. Mm -hmm. So my mom, like, talked to the um my, the neurosurgeon's, like, secretary and was like, if you can, if like, anyone cancels or anything, just please, like, can you get, try and get us in earlier? So there was, like, an opening on, like, I think it was, like, December 16th or something. Mm -hmm. So I did my pre-op before that one. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, mid-December. And it was so weird because um, I was like, weirdly, my mom took me and they didn't let her back in the room. So I was like doing all this pre-op stuff and I don't know what to say. Like, I, like, yeah. so he's like, you can FaceTime your mom. And my mom's like, can I like, my mom's like, are you kidding? So they, they like snuck her in because it was like a little room, mm -hmm. but we were like the only ones in the waiting room. And then like, they weren't even going to let my mom in. So it was like, it was super strict. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's, is that like, I think that must be COVID. Yeah, based, I think right? so. Yeah, because like I remember, I went to get my blood taken for pre-op. Mm. Pre-op is like a crazy. When I had it, I was sitting on the bed and like four doctors came yeah. and talked at me, and I was like, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. any of you are saying, but they were like, your mom can't go with you to get your blood drawn. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you have to be 18 to yeah. get your blood drawn. Yeah, that's what I kept. I was like, I'm a minor. Like, you can't do this to me. I want my mom next to me. <laughs> and then when I woke up from surgery, she wasn't there. Yeah. And I was like, I need my mom. I know that's the first thing I said. I was like, can you bring my mom? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I but look back. I took, I was, I mean, when you get out of surgery, you're like hopped up on yeah. drugs. Oh my God, and yeah. I took videos of myself <laughs> because I thought they would be funny later. Yeah. And I was like shivering. I probably, I literally have never felt more like a child mm -hmm. like I was like I need my mom yeah. I need blankets <laughs> I need all of these things but yeah I think it was definitely a bonding experience for yeah. my mom and I me too I know for my pre-op I think just because of COVID mm -hmm. 
I met with my, all my doctors so like separately, and mm-hmm. some of them virtually too. Like a, the neurosurgeon, he can't see anyone just in case. Like he comes in contact. Like if I had COVID in my pre-op, he couldn't do two weeks worth of surgeries. Mm-hmm. So all his are virtual. So just stuff like that. So I'm I never had like overwhelming like four doctors mm-hmm. until right before surgery. Like when you're like waiting like with your IVs and then they like all come and they're like, are are you ready? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I walk. So that room where they did that, like I forget what it's called. Some like check something yeah i, I don't know um, ma- they made it sound really fancy and scary mm-hmm. and they put like all the ekg yeah. like mm-hmm. um, all the stickers they're like heart monitor things mm-hmm. it's great it's like straight yep. out of gray's anatomy yes um but because orthopedic surgery is like 70 year olds like 60 yeah. year olds oh God, i yeah. walk in to like they looked dead it was like <laughs> 60 and 70 yeah. olds that would scare me the most i was oh, like yeah, okay that... well this is where i end yeah like, that is, is weird this is my death but <laughs> because we're minors yeah I got, like, private room mm-hmm. for my recovery. Did you get a private room for your... I did. I was... I Probably because of COVID, too. Mm-hmm. So, I was in the PICU, which is, like, the pediatric ICU. Mm-hmm. So, it was a bunch of kids, and I was definitely, like, one of the oldest ones, being 17. And you can, like, hear babies crying, and I'm like, oh, my God, these little babies are, like, infants, like, having, like, life-threatening surgeries. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is so scary. Yeah. So, yeah. But I did have my own room. So, you got it at Hopkins? Or- yeah, Hopkins. And did you like your experience there? I did. I Yeah. I mean, they're, like, the... Yeah. Number one for neuro. Yeah. Some neuro everything. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Yeah. All my doctors were great. They were all super personable too, which helped. Like, yeah. you know how, like, you wouldn't expect, like, your neurosurgeon to be, like, friendly and, like, have, like, kind of, like, a bedside, like, manner. But he mm-hmm. was, he was pretty friendly, like, yeah. what you would expect. And then everyone was so nice and they would, like, come in after and, like, ask questions and everything. And, right. Know, like, yeah, it was a good experience. That's good. Mm-hmm. I, cause like, so I talked about this a little bit in my, my like hip one or my hip replacement episode, yeah. but my first doctor was so mean mm-hmm. and like horrible. Yeah. It makes it so much worse. Yeah. Like I felt like, I think because I've, I've had like arthritis and things for three years. Yeah. So like doctors, I would cry like after the yeah. appointment, <laughs> not like during it. And I was crying in his appointment. Mm-hmm. Like it was horrible. Yeah. But the one I did it with had good bedside manner and it makes it like yeah. so, so much, much better. better. Yeah. Okay, so you went back to school after, like, how long did your recovery, like, keep you from school and, like... Um, I mean, I missed a good amount of school November and December, mm-hmm. but then I would say I went back the end of January, so, like, a few weeks, but not too bad. Right. And did you, or do you have to do, like, any physical or occupational therapy or anything like that? No. I, in the, in the ICU, I had to do, like, a little bit of PT just to see if I could, like, my brain was still working or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, but that was fine. And other than that, like, I've, I've been, no. Like, right. I don't have to do any of That's so good. Yeah. Do they, I mean, I feel like a lot is unknown in, like, medical world. Yeah. But do they think this was, like, a one-time occurrence or, like... Yeah, so that's kind of, like, where we are now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, up in the air because... So my tumor was kind of in a spot where they couldn't get all of it because some of it was wrapped around the carotid artery, which... It's right. the heart artery, yeah. obviously, so you don't want to mess with that. So that, and they got majority of it. So there still is some, and they look at something for like the growth rate. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called. And the average is like three or something, and mine was about like 10. So they're like, okay, like it's gonna grow back faster than like a normal one would. So we're mm-hmm. gonna have to monitor it. Like I get, I'll get an MRI like every three months, and then, but they don't know 
what to do because mine so they figured this out after with the imaging mm-hmm. the pathology and everything just so originally they're like okay this is a non-secreting tumor mm-hmm. but then when they looked at the images of the tumor after it was stained with the hormone so oh, they're like so, so it, it was cu- it was secreting but it wasn't secreting into my blood so like this is oh. so weird like what's mm-hmm. going on so that's kind of where we are now because they're like so now i'm on the medicine that I would have been on had it been secreting to try and make sure that it doesn't <laughs> so it shrinks. Yeah. But they don't know if that's going to work just because mm-hmm. it's not in my blood, but it was on the tumor. So it's just kind of this weird like area. Yeah. So I... You really got best in both worlds. I know. It's like, <laughs> can't go right. <laughs> I guess it is a possibility that I'll have to get another surgery. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. I guess if it grows back super quick, then I would do radiology instead, mm-hmm. which has its own side effects. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully yeah. it just shrinks with the meds. That would mm-hmm. be ideal. So... I mean, a lot is, like, up in the air still, mm-hmm. but at least in the meantime, you'll be, like, be able to do everything. Yeah, like, I can I can live, like, normal. They don't have yeah. any, like, restrictions. Yeah, just until the acne comes out of my nose, just, like, this, like, staying upright and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, yeah, other than not being able to do anything. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things that I'm, like, very happy about yeah. is that my life was like altered but only altered for a specific yeah. period of time like i can go back like i'm weak but i yeah. can like tr- i can retrain my muscles to yeah. like do better things like that so did you have good mri experiences because i hated getting an mri i so it was the first like few that i got were fine like i just like you plug in the headphones or whatever and listen to music mm-hmm. and i just i have a hard time like i like freak out like a little bit so i take it's called valium and it kind of like soothes yeah. your nerves yeah um so i took that before my first two i think mm-hmm. and i would just close my eyes because like the thing was so close because like a brain mri so it's like around your head yeah and so i just close my eyes because i would get like i guess like claustrophobic mm-hmm. and they'd be like an hour yeah. so they're pretty long and i was fine with them but then i had one the night after my surgery, it was at like four o'clock in the morning. So I get woken up and it's like, we're going to go do an MRI. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. He's like, it's yeah. actually a quick one. It's only going to be 45 minutes. I'm like, okay. And then it takes like an hour and a half. Yeah. And I'm like laying there like this has been 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So other than that, like just them being annoying, I've been fine. Yeah. You said you have like some anxiety. I feel like that contributes yeah. to that experience. I've only gotten an MRI. I got like MREs mm. a couple, but my MRI was like at 3 a.m. as well because yeah. they didn't do children's MRIs during the day. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And then I was like backwards in the machine, so yeah. I couldn't see anyone. And I was just like facing whatever yeah. plastic. And I thought that they had left me in there. It was three hours <laughs> no. long. And oh I was my like, God. yeah. It's so annoying though, like with the with covid because mm-hmm. you have to wear the mask and it's like there's three things on my face anyway so uh-huh. it's like i literally can't breathe so i just go like that because yeah. like there's no one near me mm-hmm. um but it was it they're so annoying yeah and then i've had like pet scans and ct scans and all those kind of things and the mris are definitely the worst yeah did you ever have to get it with like what is that contrast yeah and it like makes you feel like you have to pee yeah and you get really warm yeah that was gross but that one's like super quick so it's like yeah i feel like covid Definitely. We were talking about this earlier, but like the amount of COVID tests, I had to get two for yeah. my, and they're like not the like nice, yeah. like around the nostrils, they're like <laughs> totally up in your, yeah. your brain. Yeah. And I think total, like my whole health experience, I probably had to get five for that, like mm-hmm. during those couple months. And the one before my surgery, or I think I had to get two. Mm-hmm. And the one was like, you know, when you get tested for strep and they like stick the thing down your throat, it was like that, but like 
twice as long and i was like i was like the lady like did it until i gagged it was so nasty (laughs) oh god but yeah yeah Yeah. and then so my original mri like after my surgery was supposed to be at like 10 o'clock that night Mm -hmm. but that mri machine that they used like someone that was on it got covid so they had to like scrub it and the cleaning took like all night so then i was at like 4 a.m oh my god i was like that's of course that would happen (laughs) it's not like anything else has gone right for me (laughs) yeah how did your like parents deal with this because like they've had other children with that but like was it a strain on your guys's relationship or like did you guys get closer they were great to me Mm -hmm. i think that i definitely brought us closer just i was with my mom a lot like at the doctor's appointments and everything um i don't really think it put a strain on them though just having to leave work and come to my appointments and like schedule all them and everything is stressful but yeah i like it it was for like me and my mom and my dad have definitely gotten closer through it just talking about everything and all that kind of stuff right i think uh, so my parents are both like fairly athletic Mm, people and so when i first got like my disease in like seventh seventh grade it was with my knees Mm. and i was doing cross country at the time and i I was like my knees hurt and my dad who's like an extreme runner was like you're fine (laughs) normal (laughs) yeah yeah and we're very like if it doesn't bleed like no band-aid kind of philosophy so i think that that was like interesting to see how like that went to having like extreme diagnoses but i also think it was like hard for them like you said to like see me like that after like the diagnosis Mm. but i think it's I don't know. I think it's crazy how we, like, often downplay, like, everything yeah. we're going through. I know. After my first eye exam, mm-hmm. it was at, like, the Target, like, uh, ophthalmology. <laughs> like, just, like, the first one my mom could get. Mm-hmm. So, she, like, prescribed me glasses for, like, I think it was farsightedness. Mm-hmm. And, like, other than that, like, my eye, like, before the tumor and everything, my eyesight's perfect. Like, I have 20-20 vision. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I don't need glasses. Like, what is this? <laughs> so, my mom, like, had to order glasses. Mm-hmm. And then we get home, and my dad's like, no, it's not, it's not your eyes. Like, there's something bigger. So, it's just weird that he had like the intuition that like there's yeah. something else wrong so it's, like, i think intuition is one of the craziest yeah like things like you just know yeah and like what you said about you were like mom i have a <laughs> and i was just joking with yeah. yeah and my mom used to tell me when i was younger she hates the sound of cracking knuckles mm-hmm. she's like beauty you're gonna get arthritis and i was like <laughs> that is so weird no i'm not and uh-huh. now i like do and then i don't know there's just like all of these weird occurrences for me and I just, like, some of them not even, like, related, or they're, like, related to my sickness, but they're not, like, direct yeah. Yeah. connections. And then, like, my, I used to take iron pills for yeah, anemia. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, these aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. I should probably tell the doctor. And I did. And he was like, you're fine. <laughs> and I wasn't fine. Yeah. Like, two months later, I had iron in my small intestine. Oh my so, God. I don't know. I think, like... I'm a big, like, journaling. Yeah. Or I'm really bad at journaling. Yeah, I know you mean. But I really like how it, like, helps your mental health. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I think it's crazy how, like, the mind. Yeah, like, organizing your thoughts, like, helps so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to, I'm also, like, a big photo person. Mm-hmm. Like, I take a lot of photos. And although, I remember thinking after surgery, my walk used to be, like, a little crooked. Yeah. <laughs> And I would take photos. I just assumed that after surgery, I would just, like, walk. Like, yeah. right away, it would be normal. Which, I don't need Everyone walks normally. So, like, I don't know why I thought yeah. that, that would be normal. Um, and I, I like, specifically hated the way that those videos looked because they didn't yeah. look normal. And then I look back at them now and I'm, like, thankful I took those. Yeah photos and everything and yeah. you took a lot of pictures during your surgery, yeah right? my, like every appointment I went to I was like mom take a picture <laughs> you can look back at it um yeah. so yeah there's like a whole album in my phone like brain tumor <laughs> yeah and then do you use I mean I obviously like 
use a lot of sarcasm and like yeah. talking about my stuff do you like feel that way too yeah I definitely make a lot of jokes I think my friends like to make jokes too and like it doesn't bother me it's yeah. just funny because it's like this is such a weird thing like what how many 17 year olds have brain tumors mm-hmm. so like it's funny when they make jokes but like it's also like this is a serious thing mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't bother me no I agree I think yeah. when like if someone were to hear my friends and I's conversations yeah. it would definitely be like concerning. this is a serious like this is yeah this is concerning is this con- like considered <laughs> bullying like, yeah. Yeah, I'm no. not sure and then do you think your friends and you have gone closer over this experience yeah and or, like they've all been like so great like I remember once I got home like I would, they just, like, would bring, like, little packages and I'm like, you guys don't have to do this. Like, mm-hmm. all this, like, nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they all texted me, like, right after I got out of surgery. So, just, everyone was great and definitely, like, I feel like hardships kind of bring you closer just because you don't realize how good you have it. Mm-hmm. So, just knowing that having those good friends was really yeah. helpful. Yeah, I feel like, especially in COVID, I got mine in May. Yeah. So, it was, like, I mean, this year we're still in, like, kind of, like, the peak of COVID. Like, we yeah. still pretty quarantine I guess yeah. so in, going on in air quotes yeah um so it was nice because like I feel like sometimes I drift from people because mm-hmm. I'm out of school yeah and then I just like see, like texting people and like mm-hmm. seeing so how many people like support me after my surgery yeah. was like no I definitely like felt that like November and December when I'm just like in my bed and like my sister would like go like hang out with people and like the weeks leading up to my surgery she would have to quarantine and like so she had to do that everyone had to do that Mm-hmm. When they thought my surgery was going to be, like, the 16th. So I had to do it twice. So I felt bad just because, like, they have to quarantine me because I'm going to have surgery. So, yeah. they, so that, like, was uh, – that made me, like, sad. Because I was like, they can hang out with their friends. Like, it's okay. Yeah. But, yeah. I definitely experienced, like, FOMO yeah. d- going through all those medical – because I'm, like, I'm fairly safe. But also, like, I you know, like, you hang out with your friends. Yeah. And, like, your family has their yeah, things. Right. And it was just, like, total isolation. Yeah. I know. Luckily for me, our – ring ceremony was December 7th so oh, I was like yeah. right after and I was like oh my god if I can't go like if that would be the worst part but luckily I was like feeling okay and mm-hmm. they Maryville was good they put so we had it at a church mm-hmm. instead of at Maryville just because it's bigger so they put my family in like the front row so it's like really close so I don't have to walk far because I couldn't see oh, yeah, so yeah. That, they were good about all that um so it was, it was a fun day but yeah definitely missed definitely missed a lot yeah I always felt like weird when my school made accommodations for mm-hmm. me like I was thankful that they for example in my like eighth grade year we do like eighth grade ceremony to, yeah like graduation mm-hmm. and the whole grade walks off the stage like downstairs yeah and out and then there was me like hobbling up to, like <laughs> yeah. stage left and I felt so awkward about it but yeah. also like thankful that they did it I don't know it's just yeah. like a weird I felt really I know my friends were there for me but I felt kind of alone yeah I know what I mean I remember I like would hate joining zooms and my teacher would be like Riley like you joined like how are you and I'm like just act like I'm normal just act like I'm okay yeah I so when I did online school like two years ago, I was on like an iPad in the classroom yeah. and I joined uh-huh. from my bed one day and the, a substitute teacher came up, like put her face in the iPad <laughs> and was like, what's wrong with you? Where are you? I have those sheets. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I would have like left. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know how to answer yeah. any of that. <laughs> That's funny. Going back to what you said about like your friends and you joking about mm-hmm. it and like the whole philosophy you never think is going to happen yeah. to you like how did you have you like connected with that so many people take for granted like so many things because they're like yeah it would never happen to me like I'm fine because I mean I was athletic like yeah I wasn't doing anything wrong mm. necessarily yeah. so do you think or did you ever feel like anger 
that it was like happening to you? I guess I wasn't really ever like angry, more like annoyed, just like I'm missing so much. Like yeah. I feel so gross. I want this to be over. Why? Like why me kind of? Mm-hmm. But um, I I just like like we said earlier, just praying a lot and journaling and everything, just getting my thoughts out um, and realizing that like you come out stronger in the end. So I kind of always had like a positive outlook mm-hmm. on it so that definitely helped me not be like oh my god this sucks like poor like, you mad at yeah the world. yeah um but yeah I think definitely I have gained more from it than lost so yeah. That, yeah yeah I would agree I think I've learned mm-hmm. so much from my like medical experiences yeah and also like realized like what grounding aspects in my life like yeah. my family and like it feels like religion for you mm-hmm. and like so many things that are like positive in my life outweigh the yeah I know I think the biggest lesson for me and I touched a little bit on it in my like little Mm -hmm. caption was that you really never know what someone's going through just Mm -hmm. because I told my closest friends in my family like you have so many followers on Instagram and people and like they don't know what's going on so just like you always have to be nice and just Mm -hmm. never really you never know you really never do yeah um so like just always be nice (laughs) yeah yeah I think that that's something that's super important Mm -hmm. and like at least in my experience like small to more yeah people would like I don't I wouldn't say like it got around the grapevine but like people start to wonder like, yeah they're like what's wrong like, yeah and like the the portrayal of the story that they hear is like sometimes very yeah. far from the truth and I feel like especially just like Baltimore I feel like sometimes can be a very like judgmental community yeah like oh that doesn't sound that bad or like she's fine like you know yeah you know what I mean so I think that like going back to what you're saying about like you really never know what someone's going through is like just because it's not as bad as what you've gone through doesn't mean it's like invalid yeah Mm -hmm. I remember I was at my friend had a party like right before Christmas just like a little one Mm -hmm. and I was like I couldn't do some of the stuff so because I'm like pretty limited and um so I was talking to my one friend that I went to elementary school with and I was like, so I actually have to tell you something. Like, I have a brain tumor. And he's like, like, what? Like, no, like that's not possible. Like, yeah. what? And it's just like, he, like, didn't know what to say. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, obviously wouldn't expect anyone to know. But it's yeah. just like, you literally don't know. Like, I went to school with that kid for, like, he's one of my closest friends. And mm-hmm. he had no idea until I told him. So it's yeah. just, it's like, that's so weird to think about. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, it felt like a big thing for yeah. me to be like, my whole life changed. Yeah. Sometimes we feel... The way that you're self-conscious about things. Yeah. Like, sometimes people don't even have any idea yeah. that it's going on. Like, nobody knows. I know. That was the biggest thing for me because I looked exactly the same, like, throughout the whole process. Like, even after surgery, mm-hmm. like, there was no scars or anything on me just because I went through my nose. So, just, I would be, like, somewhere and I'd be, like, there's literally, like, a tumor in <laughs> on my brain and, like half these people don't know Mm -hmm. like they just think I'm normal and I'm like that is that's such a weird thought Mm -hmm. something weird for me also was like especially with my like walking Mm -hmm. I'd be like everybody sees this like everybody is looking at the way that I'm like yeah waddling like a penguin (laughs) and then people would like not have it yeah like no like you don't even notice no that's what I always think about and like I have this, like, internal thought that everyone's always looking at me, but then I'm, like, I'm never looking at, like, anyone. Like, I would never notice that. Mm-hmm. And I, like, have to tell myself that, but it's, like, I can't help it. Yeah. I feel like people are harder on themselves mm-hmm. than, they're, than they are on anyone else. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think or, like, say to your best friend things that you think about yeah. yourself. Like, oh, I think know. them all the time. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned, like, the big... Would you say that the biggest thing you've learned from going through this experience is, like, be nice or, like, be kind to everyone? Like, yeah, and I think just... 
also just knowing that you're stronger than what you go through just mm-hmm. um you'll always come out stronger in the end so just go through it with a yeah. positive look at like look on yeah. it you can learn and like grow yeah. from every experience mm-hmm. do you think like are you a believer in like everything happens for a reason i think somewhat i'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm not like a huge like this happened and then like yeah, but i also think that there's a reason that everything happened. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. But... No, I agree with you. I, like, I used to believe, firmly believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. But I've since altered my yeah. views. And I think that you can learn from everything, learn from each experience and grow from it. But I don't think everything yeah. happens for a reason. I know. I don't think I, like, matured from the whole experience. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, what would have... I think I remember back to this specific moment I was coming home from, like, I think tennis practice, maybe. And I don't know why it's this moment, but my life seems, like, so small. Yeah compared to like now like it really I kind of lead the same life but my life feels like so different Mm. than like before yeah after I got my medical diagnosis yeah I think about I was thinking about this the other day I was like I haven't played or like gone on a run since like August maybe and like that used to be something I did every day yeah and it's just been like a weird change Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's, and we, like, I didn't really notice how much, like, I still would still consider myself athletic. Yeah. But, like, I don't work out, mm-hmm. like, every day. Or, like, I don't even yeah. play on a sports team. I just, like, work out by myself. Yeah. But I still consider myself athletic. Like, yeah. I don't know. Weird perception in my, <laughs> my brain. Okay. What would you say is something you want people to take away from your experiences and, like, what you've talked about today? Um, I guess kind of like what we touched on earlier, just that you never know what someone's going through. So just always... Be kind, be nice, Mm -hmm. Um, just always be there for everyone. I remember what I was going to say. (laughs) So I'll probably have cut that part out, but (laughs) I lost my train of thought earlier and Riley was talking about how like she had a tumor and like nobody could realize like, or nobody saw that. She just looked like a a teenage girl. And so I remember like thinking about, I was in a really bad mood because I was in pain one day. And so someone... So this like guy came up to me and was like just smile like just like smile you you look prettier when you smile <laughs> and I was like you have no like yeah. idea like I probably look like a very like entitled like, yeah. girl just standing there but like I had like a disease going on yeah and like no in the one background, knows and no one knows yeah. yeah so I would say definitely have empathy on like people yeah. and like I'm still guilty of it. I think we're all guilty of like judging people by yeah. their like looks but I would encourage you to like be empathetic or like if someone's yeah. being mean like maybe yeah. it's not just their yeah. bad personality <laughs> no I definitely think empathy is one of the most important traits that you can have mm-hmm. but sure. it's so hard to like yeah. attain mm-hmm. I know I like, you can tell when someone's, like, empathetic or someone's, like, not. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, can you just, like... And it's, like, it's not that easy, but... Like, yeah. Because no. I, like, think of myself as a pretty, like, sympathetic and, like, empathetic person. Just because been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing my brother's been through a lot. So just knowing that there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. So just... It's hard for me to be, like, okay, this person, like, doesn't understand. But, like, it's something that's so normal. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Like, when I see people... I mean, like I said, I'm very capable of like being the like bad kind of no me too in the world. <laughs> but like if someone's struggling i think that some a thought that comes quicker than other people is like oh like they're yeah. probably going through their own thing like mm-hmm. i can't judge them which is honestly to my harm sometimes because i like yeah. see the best in people always i'm the same way i'm like they're they like they got benefit of the doubt yeah <laughs> it's okay they didn't mean yeah it <laughs> some people view it as weak like you're weak for like understanding yeah. or like being compassionate but like i admire people who yeah are i think compassionate is so cool mm-hmm. people are like no like you have to not know like you have like you have to be able to tell you have to be someone. tough and yeah like, i'm like I, I don't think so like <laughs> I, I politely disagree yeah <laughs> yeah
Any last words? No. no. <laughs> Listen to Beauty's podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It was such a great experience with you. And everybody definitely take something from your experiences. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>